Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Okay, church. Now let's let's get our let's let's get going here. Um, last week, if you remember, Paul calls us ambassadors for Christ. Okay, that's the one thing he does. He calls us ambassadors, and what he does is he gives us three solid motives for serving Jesus, three pure motives for serving Jesus. Now, the reason he gives us motives for serving Jesus is because oftentimes we have the wrong motives. We have to search our hearts and go, okay, why am I serving? Why am I coming? What am I doing? And, and sometimes it's, it's, it's for stuff you're going, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why. But Paul says, no, 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 let me, let me give you this. And, and what he does is he cautions us. Listen to me, church. He cautions us to check our hearts as we serve the Lord Jesus. Lord, show me my heart. Why am I doing this? Why am I here? And he reminds us through the text, why we should serve Jesus. He gives us three. Let me give them to you again. Remember, for the, for the fear of the Lord, for the reverence of the Lord. Now, remember, guys, we don't, we don't necessarily, we're not afraid of the Lord. We're not like, like, you know what? Have you ever been afraid of your mom, right? When, when she's mad, you know that look? You've been like, oh, mom's mad. Mom's mad, right? We've, but that's not how we, that's not how we see God. We see, we, we just give this reverential fear. As a matter of fact, he says this, and I'm going to use the New Living Translation. In chapter 5, 10, and 11, he says, For we must all stand before Christ to be judged, and we will receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil we have done in this earthly body, because we understand the fearful responsibility to the Lord. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Okay, so the very first motive is what? Is that we fear the Lord. We're all going to stand before God. He's going he's gonna to try. What's your motives? Why did you do what you do? Oh, God, I was pressured. I thought you He said, no, we're going to stand. And so we serve him because, man, we love him. And we, we have that reverential fear. That's why we serve him. We got to be careful, guys, because so many times we sort of just give God this, this, well, the man upstairs, you know, well, the, you know, the man upstairs says, don't do this. And it's like, no, he, he's God. And we need to pay respect for who he is. That's the first reason. The second reason Paul says is for the love of God. Why do we serve Jesus? For the love of God. As a matter of fact, he says this in verse 14. Either way, Christ love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who have his new life will no longer live for themselves. Did y'all catch that? He says we, we serve God because, listen, we love him and the old self is gone. The old self no longer remains. And this is what he's saying. He says, listen... He says, instead, guess what you should do? Live for Christ who died and was raised for them. This should be our whole motive. Why do we serve God? I love Jesus. He changed my life. You don't understand. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see amazing grace, how sweet the sound, because that was me. And now God has changed me. He's changed me. So why do you serve the Lord? I love Jesus. Let's just put it in simple terms. Why do you do what you do? love Jesus. Really? I love Jesus. You don't understand. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. He changed me. He changed me. That's what he's talking about. 
And the third motive, guys, is that the pure joy of serving God, the pure joy. He says in verse 20 and 21, so we are Christ ambassadors. Okay, God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Now, that's really where, where I felt Paul's heart this last week. Guys, in the midst of COVID, in the midst of 2021, in the midst of killer mosquitoes, I guess, that are coming our way again, in the midst of all of this stuff, double hurricane, right? Buy one, get one free kind of hurricane hitting the Gulf. Guys, in the midst of all this, I'm going, please, I feel like Paul, come back to God. Come back to God. I, I, I... My spirit internally is saying, please, I'm begging people to come back to Jesus. This is what he's saying. Why? Because God calls every one of us in here ambassadors. Ambassadors, right? And that's where we left off. Paul is calling you a believer as an ambassador. You go, Ben, what's an ambassador? What what exactly? Well, if you're taking note, here's what an ambassador is. To function as a representative. If you are a fully devoted follower of Jesus, listen to me. You are a representative of God. You represent him in every aspect of your life. Every behavior, you represent him. That's what an ambassador is. And so Paul says, listen, y'all, because he's Texan, y'all, you're ambassadors. You rep, you represent him. And what he wants us to do is represent him well, guys. He wants us to represent him well. Listen, when people see my life, they should see Jesus. They should see Jesus. When people look at my life, all I should be doing is reflecting the goodness of who he is. There's no pride in that. I don't want to walk in pride. Well, look at me. I'm the pastor. Look at me. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I just reflect Jesus. Listen to me. In every conversation, we should reflect Jesus. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. Because I'm, I'm in the flesh sometimes. It's hard to do. But, but I get it. I get it. Paul says, guys, you're ambassadors. And as your ambassadors, I'm on a speak. Now listen, listen, can we be honest? God could write the gospel in the sky. He could write lightning, return to, I mean, he could do, you know what he chooses? He chooses to use people like us. He says, here's what I'm going to do. Joe, I'm going to put my spirit in you, and when you go out to lunch and you're being super nice to the waitress, she's going to wonder, why are you super nice? And it's Joe's spirit and compliment and, and humility, and, and they, they see Jesus. And then there's an opportunity. Why are you so nice? Why Are you always this nice to everybody? Well, let me tell you, there used to be a day where I wasn't. But then God got a hold of me, and he's changed me. We were talking about that this morning. God's changed us. And he's called us ambassadors, guys, ambassadors. We are to represent him well, okay? But I want to draw your attention to ambassadors for just a minute. Why? Because here's what I've learned about ambassadors over the last two weeks. When a country is about to be attacked, when another country wants to declare war, on a country, you know that every one of us has representatives all over. Well, what they do is they call their ambassadors home before anything ever happens. So they'll be like, hey, listen, this is about to go down. Y'all need to get home. 
And they have a certain amount of time to be pulled out of that country before what? Before war. Well, if God called us ambassadors, here's what he's going to do. By before he pours out his wrath on an unbelieving world. And can we just be honest? You're shaking your head about what you read in the newspaper these days or what you see on TV. You're shaking your head because it's almost like you're living in the twilight zone, man. Everything you see, as believers, you're going, are you serious? Everything that certain people are standing for is so anti-God that you're going, what? This is, this is real life. Guys, I'm not called up here to talk political. I'm up here to tell you this is what's going on in our world. And you're going, wow. How many... How many people are really evil-minded and wicked and people? I'm not telling you anything that you hadn't seen, but before God pours out his wrath, he's going to call us home. He's going to say, hey, come on up here. If you're fully devoted, if you're giving your life to Jesus Christ, you're ready to go. Okay? What does that mean? Let me put to you in simple terms. We're just passing through, guys. We're just passing through. This is not our home. We're sojourners. We're just passing through. Okay? And eventually, we're going to go. Okay, I'm going to go home. Okay? So, he's going to call us home. Okay? You go, well, Ben, 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 I have a question. I'm like, dude, I'm ready to go home. Okay? I'm ready to be with Jesus. I'm ready to grab, Tiffany, my family, and look up, and just... I'm ready to do. That's how I sit. I always picture me and Ethelie, the two girls, ready to go. But what do we do? You go, what should we do while we wait? What should we do, Matthew? Here we go. Ready? Let me give you a note. Our motivation while you're here is to serve with pure joy out of a fear for him and a love for him as God speaks through us. Why why hasn't Jesus come back? Why hasn't he come back yet? I mean, seriously, why hasn't he come back? Seriously, I'll tell you why. Because people are still getting saved. People are still returning. People are still recommitting their lives to the Lord. And as long as people are getting saved, my Jesus has so much compassion, he's going to wait. Okay? So what do I got to do? I got to do my best to get people saved. I got to tell them about Jesus so we can go home. Okay? And if you're here today and you're not saved or you're watching online and you're you're holding us up, okay, you need to get saved. Today's the day, right? That's what I'm saying. You're holding. We're in the bus and we're waiting for that one person. Get on the bus. Do you remember in Israel? We're always waiting for that one person to get on the bus. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Let me give you a verse. Okay, let me give you a verse. Okay, you can jot this down. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, one of the favorite verses, Paul says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Okay, for me to live is Christ. You go, what does that exactly mean? Well, in the New Living, uh, New Living Translation, it says this, for to me, living means for Christ, and dying is even better. So what does he say? He said, while I'm here, live for Jesus. Live for Jesus. Jesse, live for Jesus. All your heart. All your soul. And if one day we wake up and we hear, we say, hey, Pastor Ben, Jesse's gone. I say, well, what do you mean he's gone? He's dead. No, he's not. He's never more alive than he is right now. 
That's all of us. So, listen to me, church. Listen to me. We don't fear death because we're believers. We know we're on to bigger and better things. Okay? But while we're here, what do we got to do? We got to tell people about Jesus. I tell me, he's changed my life. Well, how did he change his life? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But I know he's changed my life. And you know what he's done? Spoiler alert. He's put all of y'all in the ministry. No, I'm not. I am not. Pastor Ben, you've got this wrong. Hold up. Hold the phone. <laughs> I'm not in ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. Um, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you're the pastor. You're in ministry. Oh, here's what you're getting. Here's what you're... We have full-time ministry, and then we have ministry. Okay? And I know you're thinking that I'm not in ministry, but let me correct you lovingly, okay? And welcome you into the ministry. You go, what do you mean? Let me, t- let me show you. Let me show you. I want you to see it in the Word of God. Ephesians chapter 4. Guys, take a look. Paul is writing. This is God's Word. Do you believe this is God's Word? Mel, do you believe this is God's Word? Okay. So here's what he's saying. He said in verse 11, and he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Do you guys see that? Okay. So let me break it down. He says, he says, and he gave himself some to be apostles. Those are, those are missionaries. Those are the apostles. He said, I called some to be prophets. I called people to be evangelists. And the others he gave to be pastor teachers. Now you're raising your hand. You're going, see this right there, Ben. Right, right, right there. He gave you, this is, this is what it is. He, that's ministry. God didn't call me to be an apostle. He didn't call me to be a prophet. He didn't call me to be an evangelist. And he didn't call me to be a pastor teacher. I am not in the ministry. Oh, hold on, contraire. Let's look at the next verse. Check it out. It says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body till we all come into the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Let me just say this to you. Welcome to ministry. Because here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. Okay? He's saying every one of you who is a fully devoted follower of Christ is a saint. Not in the, not in the way we grew up. Oh, well, that's saint so and so. Well, that's saint. We don't walk, I mean, we're not, we don't behave as saints, but we're, we're looked at as saints. Okay? And what he says right here is that the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, the prophet is here to equip you so that you can do the work of the ministry. Did you know you're in ministry? Did you know you're in ministry, Joe? Did you know that? You're in ministry. You're in ministry. Welcome to ministry. Okay? Welcome to ministry. Your responsibility, my responsibility, guys, my responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work so that we all can build up the body of Christ. I was telling Haas and Becky this morning, I don't know if you understand that, okay? But when somebody gets saved, when somebody raises their hand, when somebody says, I want to give my life to Jesus, it's a team effort. Every one of you is so important that we're going to stand before God and go, are you serious? I didn't do anything. I just, no, what you do is so important that it's not just the pastor. You see, we all work together. This is how God designed the body of Christ. Every function has to happen. 
Okay, well, Ben, what if nobody gets saved today? Because I look around, there's not a whole lot of people. What if no, but what if somebody is listening via podcast? What if somebody in the future hears this and gets saved? It's, it's everybody doing their job. Because here's why. Listen, right now, those of you that have kids, you're not worried about your kids because somebody stepped up and said, I'll help with the kids. Okay? The, the verses on the screen, somebody goes, I'll do that. Everybody working together. And, and, Josh is not even going to know this, but somebody's going to come up to him in heaven and said, thank you for what you did because you put the verses on the screen. I got saved. And he's going to be, what? Because you made sure somebody didn't come into the church with that. You guys see what I'm saying? Every one of you that helps is, I'm sorry, I got on my soapbox. I got to get back to the text. Okay? Because why? Because every one of us is called into the ministry. You're in the ministry. Now, it may not be full-time ministry. You say, hey, I don't go to the church like you eight hours a day. I don't do that. But you're in the ministry. Everybody understand that, okay? I want to make sure you understand that. Turn to your closest person next to you and say, I'm in the ministry. I don't, Sarah, don't turn away. Look at, look at, you, look at him. Tell him, I'm in the ministry. <laughs> good. You tell him, good, good. Now, why? All right, here's why. Here's why I want to make this clear, Okay? Because Paul's going to give us the model for ministry. And so you need to first understand that you're in the ministry so you can understand the model. Okay? And that's where we're going to pick it up. Verse 1. Now remember, what did we discuss last week? We discussed the ministry of reconciliation, okay, and how Paul has been encouraging this church to be reconciled him uh, back to him by opening their hearts, okay? He says, remember, we're talking about reconcil- being reconciled back to God, but remember, I want to reconcile you back. And that's where we pick it up in verse 1. Everybody take a look. He says, we then, as workers together with him... Okay, also plead to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Now, let me stop right there. I know the this is uh, on the screen. We have verse 2, but that's okay. We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Stop right there for just a moment. Why? Because as disciples, as ministers, guys, as ambassadors, here's what he's saying. He says, we are co-workers with God. We're partnering together. This is what he's saying. He says, man, as workers, we are in this together with Jesus. He doesn't just leave us out there. He says, we're in this together. Now, here's what I want you to think. Put on your thinking caps, okay? Remember, I, I would think that Paul at this point would be just like, come on, guys, get it together. But I love the fact that, that he's not mad at them. But he says, let me encourage you. Listen, we're, we're all in partnership with, with Jesus. We're, we're co-workers, co-workers. Do you realize that everything you do is in partnership with God? You're working together. You're working together. I love that. And he says, and because of this, guys, he says, now listen, he says, here's what I want you to do. Please don't receive God's grace in vain. You go, Ben, I'm not sure what that means. Okay, if you're taking note, jot this down. He says, don't squander the amazing gift of God with sinful living. That, don't, don't squander. Don't, don't be like, oh yeah. You know what? He, let me just, let me just shoot straight with you. Here's what a lot of people do. I'm saved. I can do whatever I want to. And, and they go out and they live their sinful life. 
And somebody says, hey, you want to go to church? Why? I'm saved. I go to church. I, well, when was the last time you went to church? Well, you know, I mean, just, uh, just, just leave me alone. I'm saved. I'm just, I'm, and, 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 and he's going, no, 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 listen, because you're partnering with God. He says, listen, don't receive God's grace in vain. And then he says, as a matter of fact, I need to quote to you something from the Old Testament in verse 2. He actually quotes Isaiah 49, verse 8, but notice what he says in verse 2. For he says, in an acceptable time, I've heard you. In the day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Okay? So what does Paul do? Here's what I want you to see. Paul emphasizes the word now. Because you and I, we're a land of manana, are we not? We're a, we'll do it tomorrow. Hey, Rosa, when do you want to do this? Tomorrow. And then tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> right? We, we just are. We're those kind of people. Until finally your wife gets on you and you go, okay, I'll do it. Today, I'll go do it. Because you told me, to, I've been putting it out for a while now. Paul emphasizes the word now as he appeals to the Corinthians, and he says, this is what I want to do. I want to emphasize God's readiness to receive them when you're ready to turn to him. Every week, guys, I stand out here and I offer an invitation. And a lot of people go, dude, seriously, the, well, and I'm going, listen, it's not about me because, see, every week God is ready let me, let me let me share this story with you. I have heard in other churches, and I have seen it here, that there have been people that have come to church for years. And one would think they're saved. Man, they've been coming to church. Man, I've talked to them. They talk the Christian language, They right? Only to find out one day they'll raise their hand, and you're just like, oh my gosh, what are you doing, dude? I thought you were, you've been coming to this church for five years. You've been sitting there. You've been involved. You've been serving. And he'll come to tell you, oh, by the way, honestly, I've never given my life to the Lord. But today you said something and I, I'm saved. You're like, wow. So we can't just assume. We know that every day, well, you go, what do you, what, what do you mean? Like the emphasis is now. Now, well, here's what Paul is saying, okay? He's saying the day of salvation refers from the time he was born to his second coming. So right now, right now. Guys, I've, I've heard those, those tragic stories of people putting off. They, they've come to church and they felt the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit and they were about to get saved and they're like, ah, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. Only to meet their demise that afternoon in a tragic way. I've heard those stories. And this is why Paul pleads, guys, please, 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 today, today, and that's why at the end of every message, I'll say, listen, if you're here today, you need to open up your heart. You need to invite him inside. Today is the day of salvation. And this is no different. Today, I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you're watching online or you're listening via podcast, or even if you're in this room, if you're not right with Jesus, then today is the day of salvation. Okay, back to our text. In verses 3 to 10, Paul's going to lay out the model of ministry. You guys ready? How many of you know you're in the ministry? I'm in the ministry, Pastor. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. Since school just started, okay, people went back to school. You went back to school? 
You did your schoolwork? Okay, so here's what Paul's going to do. It's so appropriate because he's going to give us coursework. He's going to tell us what degree you're going to get, and he's going to tell you the classes you have to take. Isn't that cool? You're like, I don't want to go back to school. Where's lunch? Right, Alex, where's lunch? Right? But, but no, 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 no. Check it out. Here, here's the, here's what you're going to get. Look at, look at the degree you get in verse three. He says, we give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of the gospel. Hold the phone right there just a moment. Here's the degree that you're going for. You ready? It's a degree that says you are a minister of the gospel. What a degree that is. You're a minister of the gospel. Okay. You ready? You guys stay with me. Everybody say this. I am a minister of the gospel. Okay. Everybody said that. Okay. So now, um, how do I get that? How do I get that? How do I get that degree? Okay. Well, let me give you the coursework. You ready? He says this. He says, um, how do I get it? But in all things, we commend ourselves and minister in much patience, tribulations, in needs, in distresses, okay, in stripes, imprisonments, tumults, labors, sleeplessness, and fastings. Wow. How about that? How about that? Well, what classes do I have to pass? You ready? By purity, knowledge, long-suffering, kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers yet and yet true. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah, let me unpack it, okay? This is the course and the class load you have to take to be a minister of the gospel. Remember, every one of us is called into the ministry. You number one, in patience. In patience. Have patience. Have patience. Don't be inside. Well, anyway, here's the thing. It actually means patient endurance. Okay? And it's, it's, it's not a picture of the believer in a rocking chair doing nothing, but the actual picture that Paul paints is a soldier in battle pressing toward the victory despite opposition. Patience is hard. Patience is hard. Get out. Okay, we're going to do church today. I'm excited about church. Where is everybody? Oh, come on. Paul's like, come on, keep going forward. Patience. That's a class I have to take. I don't want to take that class. You go, what else? In tribulation. In tribulation. Guys, this is affliction. This is afflictions. If you're going to be in the ministry, there will be Afflictions. There'll be afflictions. This means trouble and suffering, which causes pain. Who's in? Nobody. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Sarah's like, I'm in. No, but, but I mean, seriously. Seriously. We have to be so careful how we present the gospel. Hey, if you want to give your life to Jesus, you're going to get all of this stuff. You're going to have all of this stuff. It's going to be such a blessing. Paul says, listen, if you want to give your life to Jesus and you're going to be in the ministry, um, there's going to be afflictions. He also says this. He says, in needs. You know what that means? Necessities. He says things we need just to do life. You're going to go without stuff. Adam, you better get two jobs. I ain't going without anything. But he says, if we're going to be that, we're going to, we're going to find ourselves like, man, Lord. Listen, this is silly. This is silly. 
But there are times when I go to the mailbox going, God, please bless us financially. Give us a million dollars. Okay, I don't say a million. But I say $10,000. Lord, if we had $10,000, we could do this and we could do that. And the Lord's like, really? Here's what he tells me. Would you trust me every day if you had a large amount of money in the bank? And I'm like, don't we want that cushion? But when we don't have it and we have to trust the Lord daily, it's like, okay, God, I trust you. I trust you. In necessities. Why? Because whether COVID came or not, we still have to pay the light bill. Whether COVID came or not, we still have to pay uh, the air conditioning. All of that stuff. All of that stuff. Okay, you ready? He says, all right, all right, here's another, here's another coursework. It's in distresses. In distresses. Okay? A set of different circumstances implying restrictions and difficulties. Wow. Paul says this, in stripes. In stripes. He's not talking about the drive-in. He's saying, I'm going to get beaten. You're going to give him the ministry. He says, guys, imprisonments. Listen, I'll serve Jesus, but going to prison, that's where I draw the line. Tumults. Do you guys see that in your Bible? That means riots. Can you imagine preaching the gospel where a riot broke out against you? Against Jesus. In labors. In sleeplessness. You know what that means? It means that you can't sleep. You know, another coursework is, is fastings, where you don't eat. Welcome to the ministry. Welcome to the ministry. I mean, this is what he's saying. As a matter of fact, if you're taking note, you can jot this down. I didn't give it to Josh. I should have. Um, but Paul writes a little bit about this in chapter 11. He's actually writing a little bit about this in, in, in verse 23 and 24. He says, he's speaking, he says, are they servants of Christ? He says, I know I sound like a madman. He says, but I have served them more. He says, I've worked harder. I've been put into prison more often. I've been whipped times without number. I faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Five different times. Alex, when you get to heaven, you'll know who Paul is because his back will look like... Because think about that. Five different times. It kind of makes me sad because if... (laughs) Could you imagine? Could you imagine the patient endurance award? The patient endurance award. There you are in line and you're, you're, you're getting ready for your awards and, and, and you're standing in line and you're just waiting. You go, Oh, I don't know what I'm up for. Maybe patient endurance, you know? And you're standing there and in the same line as the guy comes up to you and goes, Hey, what are you, what are you here for? I, I don't know. I'm excited about my award. This is going to be great. He goes, Well, what line is this? I think it's the patient endurance award. Just being patient and, and really just, just being in the ministry. Right? And right next to you goes, oh, I think I'm up for the same award. Oh, really? Right? Well, I'm Ben, and you are? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm the Apostle Paul. And you're like, okay, never mind. I'm in the wrong line. 
And then he looks at me and he goes, well, how many times did you get beaten in Lubbock? (laughs) Well, people were mean to me. They would write me dirty letters and they would, I mean, they they were just mean. Paul's like, but did you go to prison? Almost. You guys see what I'm saying? This is what he's saying. Paul's going, guys, listen, if I'm going to preach the gospel, it, 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 meant, it meant I got beat. And I wonder, as believers, how far we've come from that. Now, I'm not saying that we have to, we have to go out Lubbock, okay, well, let's gather together and we're just, going to make, we're just going to make such a ruckus that the police arrest us and take us to prison. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, guys, is that, is that think about this. He says, he says this, listen. If you're going to be in the ministry, you're going to have, there's going to be patient endurance and there's going to be some tribulations. You're going to have needs and you're going to have distresses and you're going to have some strifes and maybe somebody puts you, there's going to be riots and labors and all this. And, and he says, that's, that's kind of what's going on. And Paul has reminded them how much he suffered on their behalf to reconcile them back to God. I question to us, church, all of us, as I want you to, I want you to ponder this this week. Would you do me that honor and ponder this? How precious is one soul in eternity? How precious? And what does that mean? What would you do to make sure that one soul doesn't doesn't spend eternity away from God. How precious. Paul says, I've suffered, I've suffered, I've suffered. But but what's the classwork? I know the coursework. I don't know if I'm going to sign up for the coursework. What's the classwork? He says in verse 6, he says, by purity. These are the classes of Purity. And guys, we, we have to strive to be pure. That is the hardest thing to do in a world that's super dirty. He says impurity, that's the classroom. And knowledge. And knowledge. Guys, we have never had an opportunity to know the Word of God more than we know now. We have podcasts and we have all kinds of stuff, guys, to know God's Word. Can we be honest in church? Is this a safe place? Can we be honest? You don't judge me. But there are more times than not that I turn on the TV than I read the Bible. Don't judge me. I'm just telling you the truth. And yet, I want to know God's Word. This does so much more for me, and I'll sit there and, hmm, I'm glad my sister's not in her head. She's with me. She, she, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And I, I want, I want to know the word of God. He says, "In long suffering." You know what that means? That means you're going to suffer long. In kindness, in kindness, guys. In, and by the Holy Spirit. 
I love this part, guys. By sincere love. By sincere love. You know who loves you sincerely. Guys, I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about that sincere, it's without wax. It's sincere. It's that love where you go, man. Without wax, it's not fake. I I love the fact because it's such a metaphor that everywhere we go, we have to put on a mask. But here's what he's saying. He's saying, take off the mask in sincere love. It's not, you know what I mean? In the mask, you're going, I love you, but you're going, you know what I mean? It's not sincere. You're just like, and nobody sees that. It's where they go, but I love you. I don't always agree with you, but I love you. I love you. By the word of truth, guys, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor, he says, and dishonor, by evil report and good report as deceivers yet true, Notice what Paul says, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and yet behold we live, as chastised yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. You want to be in the ministry? This is what we're going to talk about. Why? Because what he's saying, he's saying this, Paul's conduct and his character are always Christ-like. And what he says is, listen, I strive to have a clean hands and a clean slate before you. This is what he says. He says, as a matter of fact, if you read 1 Corinthians, he says, he writes as unknown. In other words, his opponent said, Paul, you're insignificant. You're a nobody. And Paul says, that's okay. As unknown, yet well known. Listen, listen. It's okay if nobody knows your name, as long as they know the name of Jesus. It's okay if somebody is going, well, you know that Ben Martinez, he is quite an evangelist. We need to have him at his show. Oh, it's Ben, just as Ben. Oh, wow, whoever it might be. No, 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 it's better they go, listen, we know Jesus. We know Jesus. Joe Mabry, it's okay if nobody knows your name. As long as they know your character and your conduct and you reflected who Jesus was. But what an honor to partner with Jesus. Our hearts ache, he says, our hearts ache, but we always have joy. He says, We are poor but we have spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. What, what an amazing lens is the, are, these are, aren't, aren't they? This is okay. So this is, what, this is what it means to be in the ministry, right? And so, and so what happens is Paul says, okay, so you got that? And he says, look at verse 11. He says, O Corinthians, we have spoken to you openly to you, and our heart is wide open. He says, you have not restricted us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now return the same. I speak as to children, 
you also be open. Paul, Paul is lovingly going, listen, listen, here's the deal, guys. I've spoken to you honestly. We're telling you the truth. He says, there's no lack of love on our part. He says, but y'all have withheld love from us. And I'm asking you as if you were my own children. Open up your heart. So what's he doing? Paul's trying to reconcile him back to God. It's okay. It's okay. I get the feeling, guys, that Paul, under the power of the Holy Spirit, is above and beyond that which is carnal. And I'll tell you why. Because if somebody was ugly to you and was not only pushing not your enemies, and I mean, just ugly, and was talking about you behind your back and saying this and this and this, the last thing we want to do is reconcile them back to God. Sometimes we get in the flesh and we go, well, you just deserve what you get. I don't know, you talk to me. And it's hard. But Paul says, no, 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 listen, I understand that because I'm, because how precious is one soul? And I think it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. He says, and I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you like my children. And so what he says to us is be open towards God. Be open towards God. And further to that, Paul says this in verse 14. He says, do not be equally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Do you see what Paul says? The concept, guys, of being unequally yoked actually comes from Deuteronomy 22.10 where he says, you shall not plow an ox with a donkey together. They, they don't mix. Okay? If you put an ox and a donkey together, they're pulling away from each other. One's trying to go, and, and he says, don't be unequally yoked. Now, the problem is, remember, what is Paul saying? We have to be so careful because we can't take it out of context and make it say what we want to say. I've seen so many people take this verse and go, hey, that's a marriage verse. That's not a marriage verse. We can apply it to marriage, but it's not a marriage verse. Are you guys tracking with me? Okay, so we got to be careful. But he says, he says, now remember, the people in Corinth were listening and hanging out with unbelievers and unbelievers were talking bad about Paul and how Paul was insignificant and he wasn't even really an apostle. And he says, no, 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 listen, be careful. Do not be unequally yoked together. He says, because really, here's the deal. What fellowship has, well, you know, has with righteousness and lawlessness? How are you guys going to get along? And so what do we do? We step up and we go, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying I can't have any believers that are not friends? Or friends that are not unbelievers? Are you saying, listen, I was thinking about this this morning. And I have a friend who years ago married an unbeliever. She's a believer. And she and we asked, well, he's a nice guy. Is he a believer? You know what she said? He's a nice guy. He's a good man. Is he a believer? He's a good man. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, it probably didn't last. No, it lasted. They're still married. And then the Lord knocked on my heart and he said, you know what it is? 
they both had to compromise. We're not saying that marriage won't work. What we're saying is that her walk had to be compromised to meet him, and his level of unbelief had to compromise so they could stay married. Ready? Ready? But that's not God's best. That's not God's best. And so what he says here, he says, listen, he says this, guys, guys, listen, don't be unequally yoked. Yoked together is a very intimate thing. Be on the same page. Be of the same mind. Follow Jesus. And you go, why? Well, 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 think about this, okay? Let me give you a side note, okay? This was so cool when I read it, okay? You go, what's that? You know my Jesus was a carpenter by trade, okay? Now, when we think of carpenter, what do we think of? Well, he built tables, and he built little end tables. and It was more than that, guys. My Jesus was actually, if you look it up, it was a, a custom work, okay? It was more custom. He actually would build custom. He would build yokes, but it had to be so specific because you couldn't just... You could, there was not one size fits all because the ox that were plowing the field had to have the right specific neck. And so Jesus had to really... And so when he said, don't be unequally yoked, he knew exactly what he was saying, as Paul writes, if you will, because he was like, oh, I know what that means because I built the, the yoke that actually holds the two to plow together. Okay? Let your mind go. Let your mind go. Okay? Jesus never said, I'm going to build a yoke for a oxen and a donkey because it won't fit. And the donkey's going to, it's not going to fit. But he says, I'm going to build the yoke for what? Help me, church, for two oxen to walk together. Three years. Three years you're married, right? You know what, you know what the yoke is in their marriage? It's Jesus. Do you guys see that? The very thing my Jesus made, he's going, that's me. I'm putting, I'm around your neck, and I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to walk with you. Some of us want to get out of that yoke. And I was like, no, no, no. When you, when you realize that he's the yoke, you'll walk. Take that, let's apply it even more. Let's apply it. Business partners, don't be unequally yoked. I've heard so many stories, guys, of business partners where the unbeliever steals all the money and leaves the believer in the business by himself. Guys, you got to... Amos says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? That's what he's saying. Guys, think about it. What, 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 what other stuff, guys? I mean, think about that. Sometimes even friendships. Sometimes even friendships. Now, we love friends, but we got to be so careful that we're not unequally yoked. Can I just give you the sad reality? We need to be stronger in the Lord because the problem is, is that when I hang out with unbelievers, they tend to pull me down more than I pull them up. I'm just being honest. I want to be stronger to pull them up, but most of the time they have the momentum and they pull me down. So I have to be careful. I want to reach my friends, 
But I have to be careful. Because that's what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. Now, before we go, well, wait a minute, Ben. I'm not sure I like what he says. I want you to circle the key word. For The key word is yoked. Because it means yoked with one foreigner in spirit. So in other words, you're yoked. It's an intimate. It's a, it's a, so, so you can have friends. You can have friends that are unbelievers. Absolutely. We want to witness. We want to share. We want to do all of that. You can have family that's unbelievers. Can't do anything about that, but, but you want to win them to Jesus. But be careful when they start to penetrate your life in an intimate way that they begin to pull you away from Jesus. That's what Paul is saying. This is what Paul is saying. And then look at verse 17. He says, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Okay? So, guys, this is verse 18. We're going to finish up with verse 18, but uh, we're going to close on here. But here's what I want you to see. Paul says, therefore, whenever we see a therefore, we need to go back to see what it was there for. He just told us, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, okay? He says, there cannot be fellowship with righteousness and lawlessness. He says, it doesn't work. It's putting, you ready, Joe? It's putting gas with oil. They just, it doesn't not mix, it's like putting Mentos in Diet Coke. I mean, I guess. I've never done it, but it, it doesn't work. And he says, therefore. You ready? He's speaking to us. Okay? He says, come out from among them and be separate. Be separate. That's what church means. The iglesias. The separated ones. Come out. Now, again, remember, we're the church... But we don't walk around going, we're separate from you. We can't talk to you. You're unbelievers. You're yeg. I mean, all of this stuff. We have to be so careful, guys, that we're not legalistic. So legalistic. He says, come out. Be separate. Be different. Look different. Smell different. Smell, smell like Jesus. All right. But your unbelieving friends will go, hey, hey, what? That's, yeah, yeah, I want that. Why are you so different? You, you read earlier, guys, you read earlier, going into the ministry, being in the ministry, it's not easy. So what happens is you give your life to the Lord. You say, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. And the enemy is meeting you right out that door. And he does it in the form of family. You did what? How dare you forsake our religion and do this, this, and this? You, you enemies right out that door. When all of a sudden your boss flips out or whatever it might be. Guys, you understand there's afflictions and there's, this is ministry. This is ministry. But you know what you say? You go, amen. Amen. Come out from among them, says the Lord, and be separate. Do not touch what is unclean. Notice what he says. I love this. And I will receive you, and I will be a father to you. Can I get an amen? amen? And you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Guys, listen. He's received you into his family. So two major thoughts come into mind. 
as we close our, our, our Bible study. What's that? Number one, God is calling us out from the world to be separate. To live a life pleasing to him. To purpose to devote our lives to the worship and the teaching and serving God. And he says, when we do that, then he'll be our father and we get to be his kids. That's personal. That's personal. The second thought that comes out, you guys ready? Today is the day of salvation. There's no other time. Now is the time. Now is the time. Behold, today is the, sal- is the day of salvation. We often put off giving our hearts to God. And so many will regret it. But if the Lord Jesus, through the power of His Holy Spirit, is speaking to you right now, don't ignore it. You go, Pastor, what do you mean? Today is the day that you say bye to the world and you repent and give your life to God. You put your faith and trust in what he's done at the cross at Calvary. And let him come in and let him take over everything. Give him all of your life. Listen, listen to me. God's not just wanting a piece of your life. God's not wanting 80% of your life and then the other, the other 20% you can do what you want to do. He wants it all. But here's the beauty. If you give God all of your life, he gives it back to you and more. It's just so much better. If I give my life to the Lord, what do do I give up? Anxiety? Stress? Fear? You get the peace of God? You get the joy? God begins to reconcile back to you. But you got to do that. I am pleading with you today. I'm pleading with you. If you're far from God, come home. He's waiting with his arms open wide. He's never left you nor forsaken you. Make no mistake, he's with you here today. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to him. It's between you and God. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants to come into your heart. He wants to give you a brand new life today. But he's waiting for you. Arms open wide. Would you run into the arms of God? Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. Lord, your word very, very at the beginning said, God, that um, today's the day of salvation. And so, Lord, we can't do anything unless we're saved. Maybe we can make it work. Maybe it might be all right. But, Lord, I want all that you have for me. I want the very best. And so that means surrendering my life to you. May the power of your Holy Spirit move so mightily on this Sunday. Hey, with every eye closed and every head bowed, is there somebody here today that God is speaking to that you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to God. 
All you have to do is just simply lift up your hand. Nobody will see you, but God will see your heart. And say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I surrender all to him today. Would you do that right now? If God is speaking to your heart, would you just do that? Would you lift up your hand? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Anyone else? Any of you watching online? If you'll just lift up your hand, God sees you. He sees you. And would you just simply acknowledge that you believe in him? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. And so I would say something like this, God, I confess my sin to you. I confess that I'm a sinner and need a savior. I've walked away from you, but I want to come home. And the Lord says, all is forgiven, come home. I believe in you, Lord. And I'm asking you to come into my heart, Lord, to start taking control to be my Lord. Take care of my thoughts. Take control of my thoughts. Take control of my life. I want to be your kid. I want to be saved. In Jesus' name. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.